listening to Our Stories, the Australian Army on Operations podcast. This is Tarscript Taji Rotation 4, a combined force of Australian and New Zealand military personnel on a training mission here in Iraq. We're here at the request of the Iraqi government as part of Operation Okra, led by Joint Task Force 633. Operation Okra is Australia's contribution in the Middle East region to international coalition efforts against Daesh and their campaign of terrorism. This week, I'm joined by Major Brian Hickey, who heads up the Advise and Assist unit here, to find out more about his role as part of the mission. So what do we mean by that term, Advise and Assist? So our Advise and Assist role is focused on giving the Iraqis the assistance, first and foremost, so that they can achieve their mission to defeat Daesh. What that means in layman's terms is giving them access to coalition force drones that can provide reconnaissance for their operations, giving them access to the kind of training that we can conduct so we can grow their skill sets, giving them access and an understanding of our intelligence network and what our understanding of Daesh is and how they can best defeat them, assisting them with exploitation within that intelligence so that we can gain information on current uh, Daesh actions and how they like to conduct their operations. And then once we combine all of that, we look at advising the Iraqis when they're conducting operations, either before, during the planning, or when they're actually executing the operation so that they can achieve mission success to ultimately, in, in the region we're operating, secure the northern approaches to Baghdad, but ultimately to defeat Daesh in Iraq. Are there some particular examples that are typical of the kind of support you've been offering them? Absolutely. An example occurred in April of this year where the Iraqis did a large-scale divisional operation to clear the region we're currently within. It entailed about 3,000 soldiers of both infantry, aviation and helicopters, tanks and artillery clearing through the area for a seven-day period. During this operation, as a result of our advice and assist, they were able to employ skill sets that they had been taught during our training courses. We were able to provide them with intelligence and support the exploitation of captured equipment during the operation. We were able to provide them video of the drones that were operating around the area to supporting their operation and through that then advise them on what objectives they were going for the next day to support their operational tasks. So you were able to provide them with information in the form of imagery, intelligence. You also mentioned their training. So what specifically had you taught them and how did they apply that in that scenario? So a number of the skill sets that they were deficient in when we first started this role was that they don't have any engineers. So the IEDs or improvised explosive devices, which is the primary threat in this region, they didn't have the ability to identify them and then render safe the IED. So through the training that we provided through Task Group Taji 4, we were able to give them the skills and equipment to be able to do that. And we saw that come to fruition during this operation where a number of their soldiers were able to identify some significant caches and then recover the items back that we could then use to exploit into that intelligence network. An example, one of the caches that they recovered had over 300 litres of explosive. So as a result of the skill sets given to them during the training, they were able to recover that. 
You mentioned the area where we're operating because we're at the Taji military complex here, about 20 kilometres or so north of Baghdad. So what are the issues in this area with regard to the threat networks that we're having to deal with and that you're helping the Iraqis to counter? Daesh around this region is primarily a facilitation organisation trying to facilitate explosives, and personnel into Baghdad because we're on the northern approaches to Baghdad. Our role is to try to stop that facilitation so it cannot be utilised to target the civilians within Baghdad, noting that uh, there's a number of avenues into Baghdad. If we stop the northern one, they've still got the western corridor through Ramadi and Fallujah. So for people back home in Australia, they would have heard in the past about the numbers of attacks in Baghdad. Since you've been here, have you seen a decrease in those attacks as a result of the support that you're giving the Iraqis? Absolutely. So uh, since January, where we saw a little bit of a spike in violence within Baghdad, we've seen a 60% reduction in incidents within Baghdad. That's been enabled through not only Task Group Taji 4, but other coalition force elements that are out there supporting the Iraqis within Baghdad. So you're making a difference here? Absolutely. And how do you think you're achieving that? I mean, you've talked about the particular training that you're offering them, the advise and assist role, but there must be more to it. It must be also about that relationship building, about trust, about the Iraqis coming to you and welcoming your support. Everything we do is focused on the relationship. Uh, It is what we think to be the core of our role, and if we get that right then things can flow from that. But certainly when we first started doing advise and assist, the relationship was our focus for about the first six weeks until we developed an effective rapport with the Iraqis where they were comfortable enough to give us information and intelligence and they understood that we were part of their team as well and that we were we saw it as a, a joint mission and not an Iraqi mission to defeat Daesh. I've often heard this term here in Iraq that the coalition is providing an Iraqi solution to an Iraqi problem. How do you feel that applies to the work that you're doing here? It's very prudent. The Iraqis do operate differently to the way a Western military and the way that we've been trained in the Australian Army to operate. It doesn't make it wrong, it just makes it different. And we see a number of those differences daily with the way that the soldiers and officers within the Iraqi will army will interact and who they will communicate with. Understanding where those relationships and understanding how they'll achieve their tasks becomes critical so that you understand who you need to talk to and how that flow of information or how that execution of a task will actually be performed. So what led you to this role? I mean, you've got your own background in the Australian Army, you've got your own career path. Tell us a bit more about that. So I joined the Australian Army in 2005 and then at the end of 2006 graduated from the Royal Military College Duntree in Canberra to the Royal Australian Armoured Corps and have been a tank troop leader and OC since I left RMC. Deployed twice previously on Operation Slipper to Afghanistan and was fortunate enough to be selected as an OC on this operation. When we got into country in November 2016, we'd just recently been approved to commence advise and assist by the Australian Government. So I saw myself 11 days after our transition of authority from Task Group Taji 3, commencing and establishing the advise and assist team within Task Group Taji 4. As the officer commanding, as the OC? Correct. 
How then does that relate back to that experience that you've had historically as a tank commander? It's very different. It's a small team that we operate in over here, which is pretty similar to a tank crew, although we do have very different skill sets that we're being employed in over here within the team as opposed to a tank crew that is working to a single line of operation, for want of a better term. From an ADF perspective, that understanding of the team dynamics, though, that is critical because you do operate in a small team, that if everyone is not aligned with what we're trying to achieve, just by having one person not pulling in the right direction, it can severely influence the rest of the team. So that's probably one of the key skills from an Armoured Corps background that I've been able to transition into this role. So how would you describe your team? If the team dynamics are central, how would you describe it here? Uh, probably a little biased. I think there are they all bring uh, some excellent strengths to the organisation uh, and one of my key roles is to make sure that everyone understands what our goal is and what we're trying to achieve and that they can employ those strengths effectively and then once we identify if they've got any weaknesses, we get them covered by other people within the team so that they're not uh, affecting how we achieve tasks. And do you have a family back in Australia? Certainly do. I've got a, my wife, Michelle, and 16-month-old son, Lachlan, back in Darwin. And how are they doing while you're over here? They're doing quite well, as best as can be expected for a mother with a young child, with a husband away for six months. But looking forward to me getting home in the next couple of months, which will be good. Because we only have a few weeks to go now. So in terms of perhaps your own sense of achievement and that sense of coming to the end of something, how do you think you'll remember what you've achieved over here? It's been a fairly special and rewarding deployment being able to raise a capability that didn't exist prior and seeing it flourish to the extent that we're now having significant effects against Daesh within this region and within Baghdad. So there'll certainly be a little bit of sad sentiment when we leave, but very much looking forward to getting home to the family. Major Brian Hickey, thank you very much. This is Captain Shara Maskeldare reporting from Task Group Taji, Rotation 4. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.